one hill above the sea. Power in the voice of us, the corner. Put it all amounts to nothing. Together we don't sing. Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dyer. Uh, another week with no game and, well, no team. Um, if you're lucky uh, or, uh, you know, you watch Offer Up, you will see the garage sale that is uh, our former club, San Diego Loyal, uh, selling everything from desks to uh, various Loyal merch, uh, pop-up tents, chairs, um, it's, uh, pretty sad, but also, uh, your opportunity to own a piece of the club as they kind of get ready to vacate their offices and headquarters. I know lots of people in discord have already taken advantage of that. So I would encourage you if you're so inclined, um, yeah, they're posting it on offer up, uh, on the podcast tonight. Uh, we have actually, uh, really good stuff lined up for everyone, so I hope you are joining us uh, live. If not, of course, you can download on your favorite podcast app. We're going to go over the results of the second member survey. Uh, our producer, John Cross, who is joining me tonight, of course, uh, has put together some helpful charts and graphs uh, to help us with this survey. Uh, then at nine o'clock, we are going to have a lounge. I'm very excited about a uh, journalist and researcher, James Stout will join us. Uh, James has a PhD in European history, and he knows a lot about the history of anti-fascism in soccer supporter groups. So we're very excited to have James on tonight to talk a little bit about uh, the role soccer supporters have played uh, in, you know, in the greater society. So uh, that's all coming up. John, I know I said a lot at the top of the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I think I jumped the gun on my cue on coming in. I heard my name, so I brought myself Well, I cued <laughs> you, and then I just kept talking. So that that was me, really. Um, yeah, I'm excited about going over our results for the second survey because it was a um and and actually we'll get into that in a couple of minutes but just thankful for everybody who took the time because it was a big survey and it was long um but this is a very unique time for us and we had more than 100 responses so that's, it was the uh, essay questions awesome. that got me uh john the <laughs> essay questions uh like always actually i was one of those weirdos that was like yes essay question <laughs> you're ready for that yeah All right well okay so uh we did have a uh member event last week um i know you wanted to hit on that a little bit on thursday we went to alesmith and we're joined by several members of the front office as well as a handful of players who came out hung out and uh just kind of talked a little bit uh with whoever was hanging around and I know John, you were you were there. 
I was there one of my my few outings anymore. But yes, it was it was good to be out there. I hung out out on the as most people saw out on the balcony a little bit just to stay in the fresh air. And it was good to see everyone. It was it was quite crowded. There were quite a lot of people there. I do have there were several images floating around, but I do have one of several of the players who showed up. I don't remember off the top of my head if this is everyone. Of course, picture there in the center with Lydia. Um, but I, I think I think that was most everyone. Do you do you remember Andrew? If there am I missing anyone uh, who showed that up from uh, as a like... player at least? I think that's everybody that showed up. Um, if, if anybody else came through, they weren't there for very long. But I think that's everybody. But it was good. I had a good time talking and catching up with people. Got to talk with some of the players. Talked with, um, who was it? Colin Martin, I guess, and, and Morgan Hackworth, mostly out on the on the deck a little bit as they were as they were leaving. Just going in, they they stopped and chatted. It was it was good conversation, and then. Uh, Got to talk with a lot of other people. It was nice. It was I it's hard because I kept, you know, in my mind just running through like you know, we, we keep saying it was the final game and it was the final everything. And this was kind of like our final function as a supporter group for the SD Loyal. So that was that was always in the back of my mind. Yeah, I took advantage of that uh, to do a little bit of lobbying for uh, my preference that I expressed in the poll, but I went ahead and went around and uh, grabbed everybody by the ear, several people at least, and said, oh, do you want this to end? Look at look at all of us. Do you really want this to be the last time? Uh, and uh, then kind of pushed my own agenda. Uh, which I'll probably do on this show again tonight, whenever the time comes. <laughs> but um, so we had that member event. There was um, also a lot of uh, locals present at the Wave playoff match on yes. Sunday. Did you make it out to the Wave? I did not make it out to the Wave match. Watched it on television, um, but did not make it out to the actual stands. So you watched it on TV. Yes. What what did you think the crowd sounded like? Well, I think it's because I on television, I don't think you could hear very much. At different times, you could hear things. But I felt the broadcast in general was not picking up the crowd ambiance, any of the noise at all anyway. So it was really hard to get a feeling on what the noise was actually like in the stadium because it felt felt like all the external noise outside of the broadcast. And I was I was watching a Spanish language feed that, especially in the beginning, just had the it was just the direct feed from the stadium. No commentary. I was loving it. I was like, this is perfect. I'd rather watch it with no announcers anyway. And there I felt like there was a bit more noise. You could hear what was going on. But as soon as the announcers came on, it seemed like they changed their settings and all you could hear were the announcers. And it really, as a fan watching from home, it was, I, there's a play on the field. And I know people had some comments about that, but it was, it was, did not feel like a playoff match. Just felt very sterile watching it on television. And it was, it wasn't that people weren't loud for my, it's just that you really couldn't 
hear much, at least on the broadcast I was watching the way, especially when the announcers came on, kind of changed up the settings. Clearly changed up the settings and it just made it, I, I don't know, like you're watching a rebroadcast of something rather than watching a live event. But you were in the stadium, so what was it like in the stadium? Yeah, so that was my first time uh, visiting the Snapdragon with the uh, Wave playing. I've been there for a U.S. game and, of course, the Loyal match. But uh, my first experience with Wave, and I got to say, uh, I did join the Sirens. I am now a paid member of, gosh, I don't know how many supporter groups at this point, but um, <laughs> uh, they are very cool and very friendly and very welcoming. We had a lot of fun at the tailgate. They had a very good uh, troll working. Uh, they won their community shield as having the best record in the league. And the trophy apparently was a very rinky dink, like budget plate that you can buy a shield that you can buy on, you know, uh, Max's trophies, Max's bowling trophies.com. And um, so they're handing out pie plates wrapped in foil to celebrate <laughs> the trophy and WSL gave the team, which I thought it was very clever and very good. Um, the atmosphere inside the match was not quite what I was expecting from a, a soccer match. Um, being in the supporter section, I think we may be kind of used to a certain level of energy and participation by other people in the supporter section. Uh, that is not what happens um, in the Cove at wave matches. Um, you know, I did, you know, pick up sticks and played a drum for a little while, which was fun. Um, but, you know, there's not, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of songs to sing. I think there's a couple songs. Otherwise, it's like, you know, let's go Padres, like that chant, you know, if you would could call it a chant. Um, which, you know, I think has its place and definitely um, can be part of a, a match. But um, in heavy rotation, I think it loses its luster a little bit. Um, and yeah, so, you know, and, you know, I was there with with Steve and with with Nick Duffy and Nick being the, the capo that he is, um, you know, he, he tried. He he stood up on the the ch seats and got above everybody and was kind of leaning on me. And he's like yelling at everybody behind us, trying to get them to stand up and, and chant. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't happening. Um, not, not the vibe, not, uh, not the way they support that team. And I think you could, you know, hear it on the broadcast and uh, maybe see it in the performance on the field. I don't know the, the support that wave gets from that crowd is like a tenth of what Loyal got in Torero from our crowd. Uh, I don't know if that's a knock on the type of fans that uh, Wave is drawing, but um, they're quiet. They're quiet, and you know it's disappointing because they had you know thirty six thousand people in there. Uh, you got to figure it can get loud. Peco gets loud with that many people in Peco, um, and it did get loud when the Padres were in the playoffs and beating the Dodgers. But uh, the the Wave fans couldn't couldn't muster the energy uh, to support their, their club. So that's really disappointing. Uh, in my opinion, you know, I know a lot of people didn't want uh, people to talk negatively about the uh, experience in the stadium, but uh, 
hey, that's hey, it's 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 soccer. Like you support your team, and if, if they're not going to support their team uh, with with everything they got, then I, I mean, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're not. They're not. Their fans are not supporting their team uh, with everything they got, and that's fine. Don't support your team. I don't care. I won't either. <laughs> well, I, I'll I'll offer up a slightly different take because I I think. I think if you go to any supporter group anywhere in different groups, everybody has their own flavor, certainly there. And I, I will not be one to tell, I guess, any supporter group how they should support. That's me. Um, and I certainly enjoy the energy and the loudness and stuff we had in 109. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been part of the locals in the first place and, and trying to help foster that type of community. But I think it's also important to have space for a variety of different groups and different people to do it the way they choose to do it. And I also think I don't. This is not. I don't want to claim this as anything original because I know there were a lot of discussions on Discord and I've seen a lot of people say things around this idea. But I don't think while there's some crossover, I don't think there's a ton of crossover between both the diehard fans or the um, average fans that show up to a Sirens match versus a loyal match. Well, I'm Sorry, not, I'm not knocking wave, the, wave the Sirens. I'm, I'm talking the the rest of the fans. Right. At, I mean, there are people a, in the Sirens and in that supporter group, they're trying. <laughs> yeah. They're trying. No, they're just I, not getting a lot of cooperation uh, from the people around them and around the build, around the stadium. And, and I think in looking at some of the crowd shots, I, I mentioned to my wife a couple of times, I said, I look at crowd shots and it's, and I hope nobody takes this as a knock on baseball specifically, but it looks like people are at a Padre game because in baseball, there's a, there's a different attitude that you have. It's more casual. There's a lot of starts and stops between batters. It's the action's not constantly going like it is in soccer. And I think frankly, and this is my lens, I think we were incredibly lucky the type of, I will call them casual fans, just for people who are outside of our supporter section. But the types of fans that we got at Torero for the oil matches were heavily invested. I mean, look at all the people who had gear and scarves and everything else and would react like we, maybe you and I typically think a crowd reacts during a soccer match as the action's going. But if anything, if the wave are attracting people to come out to their match that aren't historically soccer fans there's if you look at it the other way there's a chance to grow that audience even bigger if they're pulling those people in who normally don't go so um i hope in the long run there's there's all that comes together and we just have a wider soccer base a wider fandom in san diego to come to these games yeah and you know it's I think that, you know, I, I, I don't want to let San Diego soccer fans off the hook too easily because, you know, we have the U S men's and U S women's team come through. They've come through, they've played at Snapdragon. So I feel like soccer fans here know how to support a team on the field. <clears throat> I just don't know why, <clears throat> excuse me, with this team, it's uh, not happening. And, you know, I wasn't the only one to, to note this, uh, Jay Posner, who, who writes for the Union Tribune, um, I know there's not a lot of fans maybe in our audience of uh, the way the UT covers soccer, but 
uh, I think he kind of talked about this a little bit in a column he wrote about just that after the they lost, you know, this was the conference finals, uh, that the fans weren't sad. He said, yeah, people just kind of went along, went along like it wasn't um, like they weren't invested. And he kind of his kind of theory is just that because it's only their second season that maybe the fans aren't as invested um, in as fans as maybe they would be um, if the team had been here longer and was more established. I, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have the answer for it because, you know, I mean, it was, they're incredible players on this team and yeah, it was a frustrating game. Things didn't go our way, but um, man, they can really, they can really fucking play. And like, uh, I would love to, to have that, you know, they they deserve to have that, you know, that crowd the level behind of support. Them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll change over time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 kind of it has to. <laughs> right. Well, to get back to the oil quickly, um, we do have. If you haven't seen it in Discord, I'm going to pull it up on the screen. But there were these prints, and I can't remember now where this originated i'm drawing a blank but um you know kind of a it is the loyal crest with some other san diego um iconic features the goal or sorry the coronado bridge and stuff from balboa park um but this some people had asked about these because they were they were on the rally towel or something weren't they also i don't remember but um about getting this print and there was some talk about discord what backgrounds they ended up with the tory green and it's been in discord for about a week taking pre-orders and i know if you go to the uh, merch mansion channel in discord there are some links but they're about to close the pre-orders so if you want one of these prints and i think they're running like 30 35 dollars somewhere in there but if you want one of these prints go in there the information is set up the artist is going to make a few more than the pre-orders, but if you want to guarantee that you get one of these, make sure you put the pre-order in, because I don't know when they're closing, but I saw something posted today that they're going to be closing soon. So get in Discord and get on the Merch Mansion channel so you can get that information. Did you pick up one of these at all, Andrew? I have not. I was... I was kind of going back and forth over it because like, I don't know how much more money I want to spend on loyal merchandise. Like I, I feel crappy saying that it's only been like, it's only been two weeks. Like, I don't know how long I'm supposed to wear my, my black veil, but it's just like, I mean, and it is a great looking print and, and I might end up getting one, but I'm just like, well, you know, like how long, how long do I keep, these scarves and this flag up you know like how long before it just looks sad <laughs> to <laughs> have them you know i don't know i don't know i'm i'm uh yeah I'm, i mean looking at their stuff on offer up like it really makes me sad to see somebody's desk you know that was somebody's job that doesn't exist anymore it's just you know it's, it's really tough it's really tough to you know to go back to that you know just you know a few weeks ago to where we are now you know i i don't know well i i ordered one and i am going to be proudly displaying it here in my studio so 
I will have it up and I already have a frame picked out, so I can't wait for those to come in. And, uh, you always you always have a healthier way of dealing with things than me, John. So I gotta. <laughs> I, this is no surprise. <laughs> um, speaking of, I guess bringing things in here, uh, we do have a guest who has uh, just joined us. So probably a good time maybe to bring him in here as we get ready to talk about the survey. So let me get this graphic off. And uh, we'll bring on Dylan Wilson. Dylan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I uh, I think I came in at a good time. Y'all were just talking about that print, and I actually did order one last week, I think. Um, so that should be hopefully coming soon. Um, so looking forward to that. Dylan, I hate to yeah. do this to you, but um, I believe your microphone might be your laptop or computer mic versus your actual mic. Uh-oh. Oh, you're correct. Uh, okay, how does that sound? Oh, man. that's much better. Like like okay. butter, like butter. You would think that would happen automatically, and yet here we are in 2023, and I still have to do that manually. You know me, man. I, I that is the first thing that I notice when a guest comes on. Is oh no, 100 no. My bad for not checking that first. I just <laughs> assumed that the technology had my back. <laughs> okay, John. So. We've got Dylan, we've got survey results, we have pie charts, we have bar graphs. Uh, let's get into it. All right, so let, let me, before we start talking about anything in particular, just um, one, a thank you again to everybody who took the survey. We had more than 100 people take the survey. Um, two, thank you for your patience, because yes, it was very long, lots of questions in there. And this was, as it says on everywhere, and as we've been talking in our second member survey, the first one was all open-ended questions, and we use that to craft this second survey. So all those statements were things that people said through their responses in the first survey. So the first survey was just trying to help everybody wrap their brain around where we are with the oil finishing up and what we might do in the future as a supporter group. And we had people make all kinds of comments, and there were certain themes that came through there. Um, and we tried to take those themes and craft them into statements where people could agree, disagree, or be somewhere in between. Because really what we wanted to see is, okay, yeah, a bunch of people said things. How many other people maybe feel that way? And how strong are those feelings? Or how open are people maybe to exploring some of these ideas? And I think if you go look at the surveys, we we have some pretty clear indications uh, of some things, and we probably need to dig a little deeper still on some other things to see where we. You're not might saying go. we're going to do another survey, John. Tell me, it's there's not another to be survey free, coming. But this was the big one. <laughs> the third one will not be anything like this last one. Um, but I, I would like to ask either of you, because you guys both took the survey. I know Andrew did. Dylan, did you take the survey? Um, I took the first round. I actually did not get a chance uh, okay. to do the second round, though. Have, have you had a chance to see the results, Dylan? I did, yes. I did look over them today. Okay, so what I'm, I'm more curious about, is there anything, and Dylan, I'll start with you, is there anything that stood out to you? Surprised um, you? 
confirmed things? What what kind of things possibly stood out to you? Yeah, maybe confirmed things. I was heartened by um, the seeming unity on the idea of maintaining um, some sort of homage to San Diego Loyal in the color scheme of the locals going forward, um, kind of regardless of what happens. Um, I think there were two kind of separate questions about this. Like one of them was phrased as, uh, the locals should rebrand their colors to whatever the new team is. Um, and I think there was a majority that said no to that, which I would agree with. Um, and then there was another question about should Tory green remain one of the, the colors. And there was an overwhelming majority that said yes to that, which I would again agree with. Um, so yeah, I was pretty heartened by that. And I think there was a question about keeping bum on as a mascot. Um, and again, it was overwhelming. Yes. So I, I I appreciated that because I think that um, regardless of what it is we decide to do going forward, and if I'm totally honest with you, my my own stance on that is still something I'm coming to terms with. I'm not really sure where I fall. Um, but I think that keeping the locals' identity, identity that we've built is really important um, because I think we are... Um, you know, we're uh, we're a significant name and force here in San Diego soccer, though our numbers are not the biggest. Uh, we're some of the most passionate soccer fans here in town. And so I appreciate that um, people within the group seem committed to the idea of maintaining this identity that we forged. And, you know, I, I understand that the colors um, and maybe to an extent the identity as a whole kind of were tied to the, the loyal identity. But I, I think at large, the identity of the locals kind of stands on its own. Um, and so I appreciated seeing the, uh, the support for that idea. Yeah, I would like as just uh, thank you for that as well. But I'd like to make a comment because I some people have mentioned to me that there were some overlapping questions or some questions seem to contradict each other. And that was intentional because we there were some ideas that people felt strongly about that we did that if we approached the question from more than one way, would that change how people responded? So those those were some things we wanted to dig at in the survey to kind of see, you know, again, where does our membership fall um, in general? And also for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, we'll, we'll do a very quick overview of the survey in a second. But the final tab on the spreadsheet are everybody's comments. And I think there were only about three total comments um, of people who didn't want theirs shared publicly, even if it was anonymous, but pretty much everybody else who wrote anything in the comments agreed to have them shared. And if you, if you get a chance to read those comments, you can see then individual thoughts and see how those individual thoughts kind of fall in line, or maybe sometimes are outliers to the overall group thoughts, which is what you see with the different charts. And and for what everybody has right now, they're just simple pie charts for the most part, just to see how people responded. Um, didn't take the time. Well, actually, I have a little bit, and I'll make some comments about that later, but to dig a little deeper and do some filtering to look at some of the answers, maybe about how some subgroups kind of um, decided or, or where they were leaning. And Andrew, how about you? Was there anything that... Uh, Good out to you. Um, I think I think one thing that is very clear from these results is we 
don't have a lot of disagreement among the membership. Um, the items that are split are, I think, kind of small things. I think the biggest split that I'm seeing is whether a supporter group can support more than one team, which it can't. Um, that other half is wrong. Uh, I will, <laughs> I will <laughs> lean on that, but I think that's the one that there's like a split where um, I, I can I can see that being a con not that not that it would even be contentious, but um, by and large, I think it's it's clear where members want to go and how members want to do it. Um, and the only thing that people disagree on is, you know, you know, kind of the, the small details about it. Now there are hardliners who, who don't want to support another team or, uh, don't want to support a particular other team, but, um, that's definitely the minority by a, by a, by a long shot. Well, I, I will say I'll, I'll give my, cause I've spent a lot of time with these data, so um, here's kind of what I have seen as a, as a big picture. The first section, and we had talked about this a bit as leadership, was that do we disband, rebrand, just kind of lumped all that together as the locals? Because really, that was the first thing we need to look at. Because if there isn't any momentum really to keep this going, then that changes things. That changes all the other questions. And I think it was... It's very clear from what's out there that there is a strong will to keep the group together in some way moving forward. I, I think that was clear from the results that we had. The second is there does seem to be, and actually more than I thought, maybe not eventually as I thought, but maybe more than I thought at this point, so close to the end of the loyal season, that I think there's a both a strong group who wants to move towards the SDFC team and quite a few people, I guess more than I expected, because there was always going to be a, a group, but more people that are open to it than I thought. So I was surprised to see that. But if we look at deal breakers, that is the single biggest deal breaker for people also. There are people who flat out won't go if that's the decision that, that the group goes. So there were all kinds of little deal breakers for people, but that was clearly the biggest. Um, you know, if so you're that's... if you're married, you're married, and your wife dies, and then a week later, somebody's like, "Hey, I want to set you up with my uh, my friend." Like, you're probably going to be like, you know, "Hey, man, like, chill out." <laughs> you know, I, she just. But I mean, you know after a certain amount of time, you know, it, it becomes easier, I think, to move on. Uh, not that uh, the loyal is anybody's spouse or that loyal going out of business equates to <laughs> a loved one dying. Um, I do love these very apt comparisons, but um, I think that you have a kind of a dynamic here. If we did the survey in one year, I think these, those, lines would be a lot squishier um, the closer we get to that team actually taking the field. Well, that kind of gets into my my third point of kind of a bigger thing is there is a very strong sense of supporting San Diego, which is very clear in, in the survey, that 
people are willing to do that. Now, how that works for each person is where it gets a little cloudy. To some people in the survey, supporting San Diego means support every team, right? For some people, it's like, well, okay, if there's a new SDFC team, it means support them. But there were um, quite, you know, like a strong sense of support San Diego, but what that actually looks like, and that's probably something we need to dig into a little more is, is broad. And really, I guess what I was surprised when I looked at is how open a lot of people are to various ideas. I thought there would be more deal breakers for people. No, it's only this, or I won't support, or it's only this, or I won't support. There are a lot of people who might not be their first choice, but they might be open to it depending how everything else falls into place. Um, and then that kind of gets to the very last one, which was this, and I'll, I'm gonna bring up the survey here right now just to get to this last screen. So when you get to the link, the survey, there's all these tabs here at the bottom, and I'm gonna scroll across the tabs to get to the second to last one, this supporter group as a community. This is where we had the most consistent results. When we asked questions about like what, in terms of being a community and our membership, what is it like to be part of a supporter group? And I'm not gonna go through every question, but you just kind of glance, the green colors are people who agree with the statement and red is disagree and yellow is in between, but almost all of these were phrased in a positive way. Like we want our supporter group to be welcoming. We should represent our community. I mean, these are the results that were the strongest, right? And if we're gonna support a team, hold the club accountable, you know, be involved in the community. Um, just if you go back and look through these things, support a group as a family, these were where we had the strongest results, where in some cases we had nobody who disagreed with those statements, where it wasn't the case. We have other things that's kind of split. One third, one third, one third. A third agree, a third disagree, and a third are in between. So that's, the, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing is, People would like to see this group move forward. They feel a strong sense of community with the group. And the challenge for us and for leadership, for everybody in here is, okay, then in, in order to kind of keep most people together, what does that look like, right? And that's where I think we need to get some final things together in this last survey to hopefully nail down a few more things and then then hopefully, as we've been saying, maybe early December, we can have some kind of concrete plan, you know, that we can look at and say, like, thumbs up or thumbs down on, or something along those lines. Now, there may be, due to the way our bylaws are structured, ultimately, it really does have to be a leadership decision. Because um, ultimately, they're the ones who, who would vote to make any of those changes. So um, like, do we do a final full group thing? There's some things that are still in the air. We'll have a Congress meeting next week, but these are, these are things we're gonna talk about. And if you hadn't had a chance, the link is in Discord, go up there and take a look at it. And the very last tab here are the comments. And in that first section, I'm just gonna scroll down to the end here, but we had a hundred and not quite a hundred and I think 106 people responded. 
to the survey and we had more than 60 comments here. 67 people who actually left some kind of comments on there. I, I, I want to say more than one, I expected. Um, because I know that this was kind of uh, a big part of the survey and, and you touched on it too. Um, I will say that right now the locals already do support local soccer. Um, if you go to the soccers, you go to the wave, you will see members of the locals supporting those teams. I think the question is like as a group, as a organization, an organized supporter group versus like, yes, I also go to wave matches, right? Like I guarantee you that none of the people who said, yes, we should support every club are people that are in leadership or that put together videos or podcasts or like spend a lot of time with like the functioning of the supporter group, because it's very easy to just go to games, but like to be a supporter group for a club is so much work. Uh, ask, ask Steve and Lydia how much uh, work they've put into this group uh, over the last five years. Um, I, I, it's, I mean, it's just not, I think a, uh, it sounds good, I think, but in, in practice, I mean, in practice, we do that, right, already, naturally, as soccer fans. I think everybody's gone to soccer and, and wave at this point. Um, so I think that is uh, something that folks should like, sit with a little bit as as these results are, are pretty split on that on that aspect. I mean, I like to be a little crass and say, yeah, that, that's the wrong half of the opinions. But there's a reason that I, I think that, and, and that's just because – like the, the nuts and bolts of actually managing a supporter group of this size, which is, you know, I think three-ish hundred, you know, maybe more paid memberships. But if this group does pivot to an MLS supporter group, uh, I would multiply that number by 10 and expect a locals membership role in the 3,000s, 2,000s, and all of that work that it takes to manage a group of 300 people, multiply that by 10 whenever uh, there is thousands of members demanding people's time, having ideas, wanting to have a say in things. Uh, it's going to be more work. And uh, if I would encourage people who want to see that to uh, get involved and volunteer for leadership because um we're going to need a lot of help um, when that time comes. So be thinking about that with this last survey. Um, I wanted to say uh, kind of on the point you just made there, Andrew, um, I think that this idea of being a San Diego at large supporters group is really appealing to a lot of people because it kind of feels like a, I don't know what's the best way to say this, like a kind of a, a, a median ground where people don't have to like pick a side. But um, I think the truth is while that is an option that I think we just worth exploring, it would require a pretty serious reimagining of what a supporters group looks like um, just in terms of how they support a club on their game day experience. Because if we're, you know, being pulled between multiple clubs, um, that is invariably going to change what the match day experience and process looks like. Um, so I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think 
Um, I think you're right in that people need to take a little bit more serious of a consideration of what that might look like. Um, I, I don't think it would be as straightforward as just being a loyal supporters group was. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I had the uh, either privilege or disservice, depending on how you look at it, um, of getting involved in leadership kind of right as all this unfortunate news was unfolding. Um, and so I, you know, I can only speak for myself. Um, but I, I'm still very kind of undecided where I fall on all of this. And I am really curious to see what the membership says. Uh, and I know John kind of pointed to the fact that in our bylaws, it will ultimately be a leadership decision, but, um, you know, I, I can, again, can only speak for myself, but I, I'm really probably going to go with whatever the majority of our membership decides they want because i at the end of the day like this for me is all about the community and so um i i want to go with what the community deems best i'm sorry that was a bit of a tangent but i just wanted to say that i i kind of agree with you andrew that i think the um the san diego at large supporters group proposition um definitely would require more thinking than i think people realize yeah um thanks dylan and thanks john um we are pressed for time we do have oh, a shit, guest sorry. coming in <laughs> for the lounge so i hope everybody sticks around for our conversation with james stout he will be live on the stream with us uh very shortly when we get back so uh, i hope everybody uh comes back Right, and you caught me off guard with the closing music again. <laughs> Give me one second. All right, now we're ready to go. Okay, right. this Good time night, for everyone. real. We'll see y'all. Thank you.